are kidding me. You are kidding me. No, no way. You cannot do that, Ben Stokes. Carlos Brathwaite! Carlos Brathwaite! Remember the name! Hello and welcome to another episode of the By the Barrister Margins podcast. I'm your host, Aditya Narayan, back after a while. Uh, and it's good to be back on a day when, for me at least, uh, India produced one of their greatest ever overseas test wins. But uh, on this episode, we'll be talking about Australia and what has been a bit of a weird series for them so far. We'll get into detail um, with my two guests today. Uh, first up, of course, when Australia playing, we have Sanket Singhbal. Chanki, uh, I'm not going to ask you how you are because I know, but um, welcome to the show. <laughs> Good to be back. Uh, we also have Dharmik Sankhavra, uh, who has been a regular on our on our podcast when we've discussed Australia. So, uh, welcome on the show, Dharmik. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so we're going to start uh, with Steve Smith, uh, which I think is the. Biggest talking point from the series so far, at least according to me, 10 runs from four innings, uh, dismissed three times, obviously, he was one not out in the second in Adelaide, um, struggling against Ashwin, and averages about 26 since the end of the 2019 Ashes. Sanket, at what point does it become a concern? Uh, I mean, he is a great player, he will, he will come through this period of bad form at some point in time, but... At what point does it become a concern because of the way he carries the Australian batting line? Steve Smith has been carrying this batting line for the last, you know, five, six years. And, you know, we saw what happened in the last two years ago, you know, against India. He lost the series 2-1. We thought that you know, the return of Smith and Warner would act as an automatic bandit to, you know, all the solutions and everything, all the problems would just go away. Well, I think they've just found out the hard way that that's not quite the case, you know. You cannot, you cannot just rely on one player all the time. And that's exactly what's happened in the series. Steve Smith, you know, I think there's always going to be, you know, the law of averages casting out. He's been performing at an extraordinarily high level for a long period of time. So I, I don't think, you know, him you know, having a bad series is, is necessarily, you know, a huge shock. I think it was always going to happen at some point. But I think the problem with Australia is that, you know, Australia don't really have a lot of backups. So... You know, when Steve Smith loses form, I think that just gets amplified because of the lack of options in the team to step up and, you know, stand up uh, in, in his absence or in, in his failures, during his failures. Because, you know, we've seen that in India, for example, you know, when, when Virat Kohli had a bad series against Australia at home in 2017, they still won the series. And that was, they had Pujara stepping up, they had KL Rahul stepping up. That even Rahane stepping up, you know, playing a couple of crucial innings, the lower order stepped up, and they had you know contributions right, right throughout the batting lineup, and, and they won the series against uh, against Australia in that played some really good cricket. It was a really competitive series, and yet, yet they won the series playing some you know due to the quality of the depth that they have. You know, whereas you look at Australia, and the moment Smith starts failing, you know you just see just how dramatically this batting lineup has fallen apart. This is the first time you know in 30 years that Australia. You know, fallen for two scores of under 200. Um, you know, in back-to-back test matches at home um, since 1984. Yeah, so I think uh, as we've seen, the Australia don't have the you know depth that India had in 2017, for example, to make up for Steve Smith's failures. So 
I think this is going to be you now a big, big concern for Australia because uh, you know top teams should not be reliant so heavily on one player make all the difference. And yeah, I honestly don't know what's the situation. There, are, there aren't a lot of you know outstanding you know options in Championship cricket world. Really banging the door down. And these are probably among the better players we've got, apart from you know a couple of exceptions that. You know, we'll talk about later on the show. Yeah, I think I think as far as far as this series is concerned, yeah, if Steve Smith doesn't find form in the last couple of games, then it's hard to see how Australia can make a comeback. As I said, I just don't think we have the kind of depth that you know India had in 2017, or you know even England have, for example. You know, Joe Root has not been in the greatest of form for the last two or three summers, home summers, and yet England have not lost a series at home because they've got their all-rounders. You know, and other other players stepping up, made or reduces at various times. Whereas, whereas with Australia, you know, whenever they're playing a good team, you know, you know, we can probably beat the teams like Pakistan and New Zealand at home. New Zealand, obviously, quality side in their home conditions, but they're not, you know, not really a strong opposition in Australia. And you know, Pakistan always been, you know, a fairly mediocre side in Australian conditions. Now we can beat these sides, you know, maybe without a huge contribution from Steve Smith. Although even in the New Zealand series last year, he made, even though he did not have a great series in terms of numbers, he made, you know, crucial contributions of half centuries. He did not get big hundreds, but he got crucial half centuries in partnership with Manas Kavitin, you know, in the first innings when, you know, if a wicket had fallen at that point, things could have well have turned out. So even in that series, he made contributions. It's not like the series where he's played out in single innings. So yeah, I mean, you can probably we can probably beat those teams, you know, some of the weaker sides without big contributions from Steve Smith. But you know, we've seen that against South Africa, Steve Smith had a good series in 2016. He got you know, 50s, but he did not get the hundreds. Australia lost the series uh, against England in 2017-18. Australia were in trouble all the time. Smith got big hundreds. Australia won four nil. 2018, India Smith did not play, lost. Now again, you know, we're seeing the results. So there's a very clear pattern as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, it's something that we'll have to address. You know, I think you know if we're, if we're going to risk this series, then I think it needs to be addressed in the last couple of test matches, or else this could you know go down as a pretty pretty embarrassing defeat for Australia against against an Indian team that's probably missing quite a few key players. Yeah, and I think as, as Sanket pointed out, uh, there aren't too many great options banging the door, and I think the options in the squad that Australia have had. Obviously, a bit handicapped by the fact that David Warner and Will Pukowski have not been uh, able to be available for selection. Um, but, I mean, they've carried a walking wicket around. Um, Dharmik, I'm going to come to you about Joe Burns. And, uh, you know, there was there was a question mark over his place in the squad ahead of the first test itself. He scored five runs in four innings in the two warm-up games against India. Um, then failed in the first innings in Adelaide. And then there was a big hue and cry over his second innings at Adelaide and about him turning a corner about with one shot and things like that. And then he's come come to Melbourne and failed in both innings again. Uh, with David Warner fit, you would assume that Joe Burns goes out. But uh, Justin Langer has been pretty vocal in his support for Burns. So even, even if you contort some kind of reason, some weird reasoning, is there any case for Joe Burns to continue in the squad? Because I kind of feel the answer is no. Yeah. Uh, so as you talk, I mean, as you said, uh, I think there is not too, you know, not lot to talk about uh, Joe Burns even before the series, because everyone knew what was going to happen, and that eventually happened with Joe Burns. So 
problem with justin langer right uh, i think he just going too far to you know vindicate himself in a way because uh, whoever has uh, you know uh, watched joban's play sel cricket even uh, this year i think he didn't give a single inch of inch of confidence to the you know anyone like that he he, he was struggling even against the field field attacks which were not a a great field attack like south australia was um, i think one of the match he just literally you know struggling to get uh, ball in the bat and still if you are hoping that he will perform against uh, you know likes of just just bumrah and mohammed sami then i think you need a you know a lot of lot to rethink about that i think what 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 has happened here is that everybody everyone knew you know joe bunce is a walking walk wicket and even uh, expectation was not even higher i think uh, yesterday i heard more views saying that uh, there was not a lot of expectation on joe bunce he was completely right in that but the thing is that there is a lot of uh, you know capability issue right joe bunce cannot perform against this quality of attack that is lot of limitation right and still if you are pushing him to you know do well against this this kind of attack even even without his regular partner david warner in ideal situation matthew wade was you know matthew topner and he did tremendously well compared to joban so you have reasoning that but i think justin langer has gone too far for joban just to you know vindicate his decision previously his making pre- previously of it just my thought and going forward i don't think there is a even 1% 1% reason to pick jobans again in the third test but if david ronald is not fit i think you you seem to expect justin langer to do you know justin langer things of late so even marcus harris is there in the squad as often if pokoski even pokoski is not there but you never know with justin langer that's how we i think ideal situation he shouldn't be even in the squad but he as we said we has played two test matches now and we have we have saw we have seen how he has gone second inning after adelaide everyone was like joban is back in form and you know every with every next season joban is uh, you know gathering all the confidence in the world but that that was just you know second and uh, no uh, zero pressure against a different indian team in that adelaide check after that collapse so you can't read any anything from them even even in that innings there was uh, quite a quite a instances where he was beaten by you know bumrah in the with the new ball so there is not a lot of confidence to be gained from that uh, i think ideal situation joban shouldn't have played a single ball in this test match in the in this series but now we know he has played four test matches and half the series gone for australia so there is some serious question mark over justin langer behind his backing of joban yeah uh, completely agree there i think uh, it was weird that he even made the squad after those two warm up games that i mentioned where he scored five runs in four innings um now i don't want to see sanket blow off steam so early on the podcast so i'm not going to ask him about joe burns but uh, sanket one problem through the series and it was a problem without smith and warner in 20 2018 as well australia not scoring quick enough uh, i mean the second innings in melbourne was just i think continuation of what's happened over the course of six test matches between india and australia and australia uh, so i'm going to put this to you i mean for an indian cricket fan intent is a word that we sometimes hate but 
is it that australia are lacking intent is it that they are facing excellent bowling which they are uh, but what is the cause for them not scoring quick enough because i don't think i've ever seen an australian team bat out 100 overs without scoring 200 it's, it's it's quite perplexing isn't it and you know if 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 we, if we go back to you know the 2019 ashes and steve smith was in the side and he was in the peak of his form that was you know under the same under the same coaching uh, team it was you know justin langer was was the coach and we had basically the same sort of philosophy with the ball as well you know bowling drive you know, trying to you know bore the opposition out and that is a philosophy that personally i have you know always like tested because i always felt it you know having one rigid style of play that is going out playing the supposed to be australian player cricket and trying to attack and blaze everyone yeah, that doesn't work in all kinds of conditions you know, and has often been australia's undoing in the past you know when they try to play the australian style of cricket the so called australian style of cricket overseas you know against the moving ball in england or in the turning ball in subcontinent and they have been found wanting so you know, i could understand why you know Justin Langer has probably brought about, you know, this change in philosophy. But, you know, even in the 2019 Ashes, where, you know, we were actually, you know, quite successful, we were still scoring at us at, at a run rate of 3.54. So it was not all defensive. It was, you know, I think the case of, you know, you know seeing off the new ball and then, you know, cashing in. Obviously, you know, we did not have a lot of great opening partners in the series. Uh, but it was, it was largely Steve Smith was scoring the runs and, Almanas uh, in, in the second half of the series, but yeah, I mean, us ever since that Ashes series, and you know, we're moving on to the home summer. I think one thing that you know, I think was quite notable last summer as well, that even someone as aggressive as David Warner, he was not scoring particularly quickly. You know, if you look at David Warner's strike rate in the series against you know Pakistan and New Zealand, against Pakistan, he, he, he his first hundred at Brisbane. I think came at a strike rate of just around 55 something, but now that is for a guy who has a strike rate of almost 75 in Test cricket. That's quite low. You know, 55 is not a bad strike rate in Test cricket at all, but it's that's a very un-David Warner-like strike rate. And then in second hundred, then you know, it was triple hundred. Uh, again, he started off slowly and then you know absolutely hammered Yasser Shah all over the place, and then you know made up for his strike rate. But again, Seymour he was quite circumspect, and that continued in the New Zealand series. You know, you look at a strike rate against him, South. He was he, he had scored something like 39 runs in 85 delivery or something. Now that Tim South is exactly the kind of bowler that David Warner usually in his prime used to feast upon the Australian conditions. Just holds the right kind of length and the right kind of pace for someone like David Warner to, you know, hammer in the Australian conditions. But you know, it was a very very different kind of David Warner that we saw even last night. He got runs, he was successful, but you know, you could see that there was a clear change in his approach. Now whether it's you know. down to you know maybe him aging and you know trying to deliberately play a different style of cricket or whether it is you know a team instruction something that's hard to tell but now when you extrapolate that to this or just the way he batted you know i i wonder how much that's you know, down to the team team management which in a way as i said i sympathize with the past because you know, over aggression has also been a problem for the street in on the store but in these conditions when you're playing at home and you know when you're playing against the And, and, and we've seen already the first test that you know going into a shell and just letting the bowlers bowl at us that did not really work. So I, I, there was absolutely no change in strategy for second test as well, even though there was a seven seven day you know gap almost you know to rethink things. We had won the first test, but you know the 
the batting issues had been laid there, you know, very clearly in the first test as well. So it is quite surprising that not given any second thought for it. Obviously, the absence of David Warner himself is is a blow in that sense. But David Warner himself was batting quite differently last time. So it will be interesting to see what approach he adopts when he comes back into the side. And yeah, I think you know, obviously, I think a lot of it is comes down to the individuals as well. You know, Steve Smith, for example, if he had gotten himself in and then it got, got himself set, then he's someone who can score very freely later on in his innings. So you know, him not getting runs also contributed to this, you know, decline in the scoring rate. Because he's not converting, you know, he's not getting starts at all in the first place. If he was getting starts and getting hundreds, then you know, later on in his innings, he's someone who can score quickly and the capital like that is exactly what he did in England as well. He was starting slowly and then you know, scoring quicker as the innings went on. And that, you know, improved his overall impact for the greater the team. But, you know, right now, with no batsmen scoring runs, they just everyone is going to a shelf. And there's absolutely no one in the team who can just go out there and impose, impose themselves on the Indian bowlers. And, you know, it's, it, they're just letting you know, the bowlers take com- complete control of the Australian innings. And yeah, it's not working. Yeah, luckily there is an, an extended gap before the third test. So, yeah, I'm hoping that there is some some address addressing of this issue because yeah, they're clearly clearly they're going nowhere with this strategy. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is also down to the fact that none of these Australian batsmen look like they're in form. A lot of them are also they, they look like they're kind of playing for their place in the side as well. Uh, I mean, Travis Head, for example. Uh, he is, he is a long-term investment for Australia, but I think I, there was a tweet from Dan Brettig today uh, said that he was averaging around 35 in the last eight series that he's played, which is which is not the returns that you want from your number five in Test cricket. Uh, Dharmik, what do you make of Travis Head? I mean, he's played some he's played some really nice knocks in his Test career so far, but there's been no series that he's really taken by the scruff of the neck. And I mean, with Australia, you're looking at Manas, you're looking at Smith. Um, but then after that, you know that there is a weak underbelly if you get them early, and India have exploited that really well in the series. So, do you think Travis Head's played enough games now for Australia to to say that you know you are one guy that we should be able to depend upon? So, buck up. Yeah, uh, Travis Head made his debut in uh, uh, UAE tour, I think, 2018. Uh, second after 20, after this, uh, you know, Steven Smith and David Warner's bench. So, from that time on, from onward, he has al- already played two and a half years of international cricket. And he hasn't been dropped yet. He has played all, almost all the test matches for Australia. All, almost all the series. And to look at his contributions, his average is, is still, you know, you know, for a young best manager, average is still good. But, as, as you said, Dan Brating, uh, you know, rightly bifurcated the whole series and only two of the series he was averaging uh, about 34 and one of the series against was against Sri Lanka so that was just uh, you know giving his boost to the stage but thing is that with Travis said he is not giving you enough confidence that he will go on to you know play a bigger in there are enough technical issues with him apart from technical issues there is a mental thing to it as well because he's you know he almost he just Giving away his wickets after getting set on the, you know, of, uh, most of his inning, he, he is playing 40 or 45 balls and then something happens and then, then just plays a, plays a right shot and having cottage gully or cottage sleep. Even 
even in the last India series in 2018, he his dismissal was quite ordinary after getting set. I remember him getting out to you know third man twice yet at Perth in the second test match. He was still young at that age, so that's still an excuse at that point of time. But now two years onward, he has played enough you know international cricket. Thing which I said is he just he has hasn't stood up as yet in under pressure situation. Only one knock that I can remember that he has played against quality team uh, which came under pressure like Edgerton second innings when you know Steven Smith was was at his peak and uh, when Australia was trying to you know set a target at at one in that innings only Travis had you know gave you a confidence that he can become an international test cricketer. After that or you know you can have a teams like you know even. Last year also, he, his, his his numbers were not you know quite up to the mark even against the opposition like New Zealand. So there are there are enough issues in in his game and even in field cricket he was struggling. If you if you you know bowl to a particular line, I I remember against one of the matches against Victoria, he was you know stranded in 90s for around one and a half one and a half hours I think because bowlers kept bowling him outside our wide outside off and he was just struggling for runs. So in in the end he just played a race shot and you know uh, get away with that kind of bowling. But against this quality of international attack, they will not give you a breathing space at all, and that will happen with him because it happened today as well. I think uh, yesterday as well. He he got to 17 and then played suddenly played a race shot because he was not he was struggling for runs. This is again a, a thing with his you know as we talk there is again a thing with intent. Like you have to be a proactive. Proactive, and then only we the deliveries will come. Then you can score off. Uh, with Travis, I think there is a, enough. He is going into cell, and there are against this this kind of attack. If, if you go into a cell, there won't be any you know loose deliveries or even a scoring option. So I think you can give him a couple of chance, and I think this team and team management will give give him couple of chance. But I think there is more than enough evidences that you can draw from his. Uh, these two and a half a career that there are enough issues with him. Problem with Australia is there are no you know that kind of alternative in domestic circuit also. So I think there are team management will give him chances in this series. But I think there is uh, now he is playing for his spot almost. I think because he need to score some of the runs if Australia you know don't come back don't make come back into the series and don't don't you know win this series. I think there will be some huge compl- uh, consequences for the some of these players. Especially Travis, I think Jobans will will be dropped by the end of the series. But if Travis plays and Australia don't end end on the right side of the result, I think there will be some consequences regarding his place in the team in the side. Yeah, uh, and I think there's also a case to be made that you know there is a lot of pressure on Travis Head in the series also because of the fact that he's not getting runs from above which australia generally have got in home series especially when smith's been playing barnes last summer had an absolutely unbelievable time of it but sanket i'm going to ask you about barnes he's played 100 plus balls in two innings um, not got the 50 yet and he's not looking like the barnes that he did last summer and i mean india bowled some really good lines to him they bowled with a plan not not given him easy runs, uh, but he is fiddling around a bit. He's not looking particularly comfortable with the short ball. Um, gotten a bit lucky with a couple of umpires' calls and reviews as well. Um, is that is that something that's beginning to concern you, or 
the fact that he's still playing 100 plus balls in two out of four innings is that still uh, com- is that still making you comfortable enough well, I think you're not scoring runs and you know the team is collapsing. I think it's always a matter of concern. And and Manus with Manus is still you know quite inexperienced at test level. He's, he had a great summer, as you said, as you pointed out last summer. But you know that's just one season, and you've seen plenty of one season wonders in, in test cricket. So I think it's important for Manus in particular more than anyone else. You know we know with Steve Smith his class, and even if he doesn't score runs in the next couple of series, that doesn't undermine what he has done. But with Manus, he I think he needs a strong series. You know, to you know, really, you know, assert himself at this level because you know the opposition that he faced last summer was not really of the greatest quality. I think it was his performance in England that I think was really more impressive and more you know heartening from a long-term perspective. The way he batted in those tough conditions against the likes of Jofra Archer and Stuart Broad. Uh, but uh, yeah, last summer, as I said, I think the quality of opposition was not the greatest. So I think he needs runs and he needs uh, he needs runs. Uh, against a quality bowling attack at home, uh, and yeah, I mean, I think he's, 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 I think it's a weird one because I don't think there is really, you know, any pattern to his the way he's been batting. And the first is I think he looked really good in the first innings, even though he had three drop catches. But his control percentage on on the cricket for you know, the, the the control percentage that they mentioned, he was he, he had one of the best control percentages in the Test match. I think after Virat Kohli and Jinkar Rahane in the first innings, he had the best. Control percentage. So apart from the drop packs, which were you know largely unforced errors, you know which were self-inflicted, it was not like you know he was completely beaten for all ends up by the deliveries. It was just rash decision making. He looked he looked quite comfortable in the first test, uh, but in the second test he's you know he's looked far more uncomfortable. He was you know you know as you pointed out there was some issues against the short bit of play. Ashwin has defeated him you know with his slide app uh, and the, you know. The Indian team have constantly targeted his stumps and restricted his scoring rate, uh, which is exactly what they've done with Smith as well. Uh, and he's not been able to, you know, find a way to uh, get past that phase. I think, you know, it's, I don't think that, you know, too anything too drastically wrong as far as technique is concerned. Um, like I said, for example, I think still got it solid enough pace. And yeah, I just think that it's it's again one of those things where you know the entire batting lineup is struggling. So. You know, Manas was expected to be the guy who was, who was going to be one of the batsmen who was going to lead Australia this summer, especially after what he did last summer. There were expectations from him, and he's so far, you know, not lived up to that. So that's got to be, you know, a matter of concern and a matter of disappointment. I would, you know, as I said, I'm not, you know, having watched him in the first couple of test matches, I'm not overly con- convinced of, uh, you know, no, I- I'm not confident enough that he's going to get big runs in the next couple of test matches, even though he's, he's had time with the field. I just think something seems off with his game. It's hard to explain, as I said, he's had issues in multiple ways. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think his game looks fine. So I think in the long run, he should be all right. But as far as this series is concerned, I'm not really sure. I think, you know, it's going to need more of a contribution. So he will start getting, you know, the 100s and the 150s and the 200s that he got. The last summer, he could at least get, you know, convert these 30s and 40s into a good set of I think that would also, you know, benefit the streaming team greatly because, you know, the series has been extremely low scoring so far. So, you know, don't necessarily need hundreds to win test matches. Even a good 70-80, like Tim Payne got in the first test, even that could turn out nicely. And if still had got, you know, instead of 190, they got 260 to 70, then I think you would a completely different test match altogether uh, in first week. So I think, you know, he has to find a way to, you know, escape this trap that Indian bowlers 
have laid on them they've just you know completely zoomed in on some scoring but yeah they, they, he's got to find a way i think and yeah i think one thing that the bonus that you can be sure of is he's extremely hard working he's he just like things but he's an obsessive you know batsman in the nets he's a very meticulous preparer so i think you would expect him to you know come come up with some sort of plans hopefully they come up with a better display in the next couple of test matches although obviously i am not expecting anything to the level of body for yourself someone but yeah if he can get you know he can at least get some half century and you know he will go so good solid back of the team that yeah we will probably be in a better position than you know we have in the last couple of months all right uh, spoken enough about individuals leading up to uh, you know the third test in sydney Uh, so i'm going to ask dharmik about changes that australia could make and i mean i think we're all pretty clear on the fact that if david warner is fit uh, he comes back in for joe burns uh, but dharmik my question to you is what other changes would you like to see if any i mean uh, there is the question about the bowling attack uh, australia i don't think will make changes but they have they've had a spinner who has been out bowled by his counterpart in the opposition um, but i mean would would australia consider james pattinson an all pace attack i mean especially considering the fact that it's sydney where historically spinners have been preferred but uh, i'm not i'm not too sure whether sydney is the most helpful track for spinners anyway uh, but what changes would you like to see in the bowling attack if any because we pretty we're going to uh, ignore the fact that water comes in for burns yeah so mainly Uh, actually australia is in a uh, pretty dangerous situation right now because they are they are expected to win this series before uh, even the series begins so now series is level at 1-1 after two matches so if australia don't come back and don't win this series i think they they will go down as you know huge embarrassment for the australian cricket i think i think australia have you know given over the series at home in past like uh, against england acc uh, 2010 again south africa in 2008 uh, 2012 and again in 2016 and in india against india again in 2018 but all of those in all of the series i think uh, in some of the def- uh, definitely definitely test matches i think uh, touring team had a better of condition like but in this test match i think india has had the toughest of condition and after, even after losing the toss australia i think uh, even after winning the toss australia lose this test match so that is uh, that's basically a crime in modern modern day test match cricket because if you are winning the toss at home i think most probably even more than 90% you should be winning your test match at least throwing it so now that australia have lost the test match even after winning the toss there should be you know in enough concern in their mind going forward in they are expected to win this series before the series started so if they and uh, end of this series uh, end up winning this series that there won't be any talk about like there won't be any you know this will be a, there a huge huge victory or any memorable victory but if they lose if they you know somehow lose this series that this this will go down you know you know one of the darkest chapter in australian cricket so i think if you're looking at changes i don't think uh, any you know any bowling individuals have done badly i leon yes leon has been you know out bowled by ashwin but there are there are plenty of you know other things that you look at because batsman has not giving in a front to the bowlers and you have to feel for these guys because these four guys because more than you know on most 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 days they will have to bowl at least one 
on most of uh, test matches even, even this batting lineup has you know failed to bat out a single day of test match cricket for lo- for a long long time so you have to feel for this guys and if if it was at you know mcg uh, continuous test match at, at mcg i would have you know just look at to james pattinson's record and you know look look at the josh hazelwood's record hazelwood has been you know kind of clueless at mcg so i would have you know just look given a thought for that change now that match has moved to sydney i don't think there uh, there will be any changes plus because you know mostly what happens in australian summer like they're they're they play for play with four bowlers and when they come to sydney they you know look for a mitchell mars or you know fifth bowling option but now that they have already have cameron king green in the you know in the playing 11 i don't think any anything will be you know changed in this bowling lineup particularly when michael stark the most you know vulnerable member of the this bowling lineup is is bowling pretty well apart from one or two you know bad spells in the second day of mcg back end of this mcg test match otherwise you know all four have you know done done their job well particularly a pat coming josh hazelwood hasn't been up to the mark in the second test match but looking at what he did at adelaide i think there will be you know uh, enough enough you he should be given enough, enough backing for this uh, sydney plus all those four are the uh, Uh, play cricket for new south wales so sydney should be comfortable for them but uh, again the thing will be how much you know batsmen score because these bowlers will back up if the batsman has runs on the board they can't produce you know extraordinary performances like they did in adelaide on every day on every day basis if like to you know pull batsmen out of the trouble every time so they will have to you know batsmen have to step up as you said david wonal will come in for jobans if he's fit and if he's not fit then i think marcus harris will come up because i don't see even by justin like a standard that he will continue with joban all right uh sanket i'm going to bring that last point out to you uh, where darbik mentioned marcus harris if warner is not fit but is there a case for will pukovski based on the fact that he's got runs in the shield this season uh based on the fact that he was in the original test squad um I mean obviously there are concerns about the number of times he's been concussed but uh you've been pretty vocal about the fact that if he's got medical clearance then that should do but uh what do you think should be the future course of action for Australia with Pukovski if he's available for Sydney would you pick him if you would pick him where would you want him to bat well you know I think you know if you look at Australia's schedule for the next you know next 12 to 18 months there are no real easy series anyways you know our next series after this is against south africa in south africa where you know the conditions will probably be even tougher even though the south african bowling attack is not quite the strongest these days but they'll probably have a bada back for that series they've got some genuine pace in the form of northia and others as well then then next summer we're playing against england at home they will obviously have jofra archer who's you know not too shy of going for the batsman's head uh, as we've seen so you know if 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 the if the line of thinking behind not picking pukowski for this series is because we can we can concerned about you know him being concussed and you know targeted with the short ball then it's is possible that he might never be able to play test cricket because you know all teams have you know almost all teams top teams have you know top quality fast bowlers who can bowl over 145 clicks and you know uh, you know target the batsman so i think you know as far as i'm concerned and is obviously his is a special case it's not like a normal concussion you know cameron green had a concussion 
concussion, but he was cleared to play within you know, the, the usual time frame that is you know allowed for concussion. Uh, you know, for, for, for concussed players, that was you know within five to six days. With Popkowski's, you know, they've taken a more conservative you know approach, and which is the right thing to do. And now, you know, by the time the third test starts, he would have almost had a month, you know, since that blow. So I think that's he's been given enough time. As I said, I'm not a medical expert, so we can only go on you know the advice of the medical team. And if he's been cleared to play, and you know, and when, whenever a player is concussed, they, it's not just about you know being cleared of concussion, but they also have to face you know rigorous fast bowling in the nets. They, they face a lot of short pitch bowling in the nets, uh, and you know at, at a pretty rapid speed. And they also face throwdowns. I believe these are the protocols that a batsman who's suffered concussion has to go through before being cleared to play for the next test. So I think you know, you know, as long as he passes those protocols, which I believe he has or he is currently undergoing, uh, then I, I don't see why he should not be treated any differently to any other player. Uh, you know, if he's if he's given medical clearance, I think he should be just treated on his merit, which is you know whether he's got you know whether he's good enough, whether he's got the technique to cope with the hope with Indian fast bowlers and that that's that's probably a matter of concern because you know uh, you know because the way he's been playing the short ball you know and the way he played the short ball in the warm-up game uh, that's obviously a matter of concern but you know as far as his concussions go I think you know he's had nine concussions but only three of those were you know due to you know the short pitch ball uh, you know getting hit by a short pitch delivery so it's not like he's getting hit every single time but yeah I think his technique against the short pitch bowling still still is something that remains to be that leaves a lot to be desired. So I think whether the selectors feel that he's he's ironed out his technical flaws or whether he can work out some other method where he can you know, at least leave balls if not taking them on and just avoid getting hit, that is something that you know I think we are not really in a position to answer. So I think that will depend on how he's going in the nets and how he's going through, you know, how he's facing facing up to the short pitch deliveries and whether his technique is good enough. But one thing that I will say is that I don't think he should be opening the batting because you know. In the warm-up match, as you know, we saw in that warm-up match, apart from the short pitch delivery, he's also struggling against the ball that was, you know, jagging back into the right-hander. Nomesh Yadav, in particular, was, you know, bowling, you know, on that off-stump line and, and, and getting the ball back into his bats and, you know, tra- trapping him in front. And he was, in fact, he had a couple of close LBW shouts that were turned down against him before being finally dismissed LBW in the first innings. And then in the second innings, again, he had a, if he started before, you know, finally settling down and then getting hit by that bouncer. So, so yeah, there, there are technical issues with him as far as his opening, as far as opening the batting goes. I don't think, you know, he's, he's, he's only just started opening the batting as well in first-class period this summer. He, prior to that, he was he was batting at number three, which is, again, not too different. But if he, play, he also plays his home matches at, you know, at Melbourne and Victoria, which is generally a very flat surface in domestic players. So that, that is something that you've got to consider as well. It's not like he plays at number three in Hobart or, you know, Brisbane where, you know, the ball seems around. So I don't think he's, he's technically, you know, he's, he's got a good technique, but I don't think he's quite solid enough at this stage of his career to be, you know, going out to open the batting against his pre uh, when the rest of the batting lineup is struggling, you know, and I don't think that that, that would be a baptism by fire and I don't think that would be fair on someone who's you know gone through so much and just making his debut. I think he should be eased into the side at number five or at number six, uh, you know, in the middle order and it should, should be facing an older delivery after hopefully the top order have done a much better job of shielding the middle order than they've done in the last couple of test matches. So I think that would be the ideal position for him to make his, his debut uh, if, if he does get the clearance. And yeah, I would I see personally no reason why Matthew Wade should, should, should be moved from opening because he's, he's done well you know, at the top of the order. I don't think he's necessarily the great middle order batsman because he's not he's not the greatest player of spin bowling. 
uh, even this test match, he he, was, he he played the seamers quite well. But you know, both 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 innings, he you know gave his wicket away to the spinners. Ashwin and Jadeja both dismissed him. He's you know, struggled against them in India as well. So and and given that India is going to play two spinners uh, again in the next in the next test as well, I wouldn't really want him to you know start off against spinners in the middle overs. He's, he's in, in the middle order. So. I think he's, he's shown enough potential at the top of the order. He's, he's someone who's quite flexible. He's an, uh, and he bats at number three for Tasmania uh, on, on seeming wickets in, in first-class wickets. So he's, he's, he's equipped to you know doing that job. And yeah, he's, he's, as I said, he's, he's looked by far the most comfortable batsman against Jaspreet Bumrah and against the other Indian seamers you know so far in the series. So I, I think yeah, I don't see any reason to you know break what is working with Matthew Wade at the top of the order. I think he should be left alone. And you know with David Warner at the other end. He should also have, you know, obviously much more confidence. You know, he can play his own game, and David Warner will hopefully, you know, take some pressure off him, which has not been happening with Joe Burns at the other end. Uh, so yeah, I think that that's what I would be doing. If David Warner is fit, which it seems that you know he's he's recovering fast. He's not yet been cleared, but you know, Tim Payne's words today, you know, were a major source of encouragement. You know, in sharp contrast to what Justin Langer said a couple of days ago, where you know he was said it was still 50-50, but now I think the chances are more that he plays than that he doesn't. So yeah, hopefully he will be fed, and then you know, I'd still like to see Warner and Wade at the top. Uh, obviously, the number Smith and Manas and Smith at three and four. Uh, maybe Cameron Green at five and Pukowski at six, or you know the other way around. I don't mind either way. Um, um, and then the, obviously the bowlers. But uh, yeah, so if, if, if Pukowski is not fit, uh, then I, I don't mind giving Travis Head another couple of Test matches or at least another Test match. You know, based on what Armiga said, because they've invested a lot in him. And he's had so far. He does have a decent record overall, even though most of it has come against the weaker nations. But it's not unlike Joe Burns. He's at least been getting some sort of runs in Shield cricket, so he's not completely out of form. And even these matches, he's got some sort of start. So maybe he can be given one more test to just to you know, just to paraphrase what Sanjay Manjarikar said about <laughs> the famous words about Virat Kohli, just to be sure that he's not cut out for this level. So yeah, if Pukowski is not fit, then yeah, uh, yeah, I don't mind seeing Burns giving one more test match, but. Yeah, I think that 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 should be it. I think I don't see any other changes besides that. All right, I think we've covered most of what we wanted to talk about uh, as far as Australia is concerned in the series. Uh, but I'm going to finish off this episode with asking both of you if you're confident that Australia will win the series. Uh, Dharmik, two Test matches left, uh, one at the Gabba Fortress. Uh, so, are you confident that Australia will win the series? <laughs> Actually, Gabba record is, you know, on a knife edge. What I've seen from these two test matches, I think Gabba can be, you know, breached this year. We have seen, we have been saying for last uh, last three or four years that Gabba can be breached. But this year, finally, that can happen with this kind of batting lineup that Australia have. Other than, other, other than that, I think, I think uh, that the way that Ravichandran Ashwin has bowled so far in this series, I think he will be, you know, waiting for his turn at the Gabba. So, don't think that... Australia cannot be beaten GABA by this Indian side. They can be beaten if, if again, the most will depend upon how Steven Smith plays. Because as we saw, if that man doesn't make runs, Australia, I think, will be very, will find it very hard to compete. Because although India, you know, currently don't have Isan Sharma and Mahmoud Tambi or Sehak, I think have, you know, Chatrit Grumbra and Ravichandran Ashwin at pick up their powers right now. Because I have, I haven't seen Ravichandran Ashwin bowl this this well in, on an overseas tour. So I think plus he's fit for the whole tour. I think he's fit for as of now. So 
there will be some difficulties plus mohammed siraj has bowled well and ravindra jadeja will not give anything away so for this batting line up to succeed against this kind of bowling i think more chances that if tivas me that manas sabu don't get, don't uh, don't get runs more chances that india i think at least can draw this series if even if we you know go for the worst case scenario and if one of the tosses i think especially the sydney toss goes india's way i think there are more chances that india can actually win this series so yeah i just just not confident enough yet that australia can win this series but i think there there will be some runs around the corner there will be some runs at some point of time for you know steven smith that, that's what i believe just need some of some time in the middle and if steven smith gets gets runs then i think with 250 275 kind of runs that will be enough for with this kind of four man attack that australia have but again uh, if they score below 200 i think there even pat coming so they would even uh, can't do their magic every day as i said earlier so this batsman need to get runs 250 minimum otherwise india can win this series all right uh, dharmik has put all his faith in steve smith uh, sanket i assume that your line of thinking would be similar yeah i mean firstly to answer your question we are not yet completely sure whether the fourth test will be at the gabba because if the covid situation in new south wales you know deteriorates yeah, yeah. and if the if if the border restrictions are strictly imposed then there's every chance that you could play two tests in sydney so yeah i mean if that's the case then i think india might as well just start celebrating now because I, honestly i don't see how australia with the with the current form the batting lineup is in can actually beat india at at sydney or or at melbourne you know those kind of wickets i think australia's best chance will be on a bouncy track you know just like in 2018 where we won at perth uh, you know we need a bouncy wicket to you know get, get the better of india because i think that's the sort of surface where australian bowlers really you know the, the extra height of the australian bowlers makes a difference because indian seamers you know apart from bumrah they don't you know they're not they don't, they don't quite get the same lift of the surface as the australian bowlers and and i think that's 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 that can be a big advantage whereas on the slower tracks i think that 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 is nullified to a great degree you know even at adelaide it was india completely dominated the test match and it was just one freak session which is the only reason why australia is still in the series otherwise india would have you know retained the border gavaskar trophy by now but yeah i mean you know if if there if there is a test at the gabba again i wouldn't be too confident purely because of the state of the batting lineup and if india win the toss uh, and and get you know get 252 270 on the board then you know australia are in big trouble even at the gabba but you know at sydney i think they've definitely fancy their chances again the toss i do feel will be important in australia hopefully you know if they win the toss they won't you know perform as badly as they did here in melbourne there will be you know some sort of introspection and you know rethinking over their batting strategies and you know hopefully with the return of david warner as well uh, they will come up you know and hopefully we can hope that you know the new year will bring some new luck and you know for the likes of steve smith and you know we can come up with a much improved batting performance but yeah, i think the toss again will be very crucial if india bat first and if they get anything over 300 uh, in, in the next test then it's going to be very hard for australia with, with the, given the confidence their batting lineup isn't to make any kind of comeback and if they win the next test then i think they will probably india will probably take that momentum into gabba and win that as well because australia's record in the last test of a series is is quite ordinary i think one thing that you've got to you know take into account with with regards to the gabba record is that gabba has always been the first test of the series you know all these years whenever australia you know been unbeaten there uh, teams generally found the extra bounce at the gabba hard to cope with because they you know it's the first test of the series and they still you know 
taking time to get acclimatized to the conditions. Now this time around, it's, the, it's an unprecedented situation where you know, Gabba will be the last test of the series. So that and with the Indian team being, you know, high on confidence and having all the momentum with them, that could just be the perfect, you know, storm for the Gabba Fortress to finally be breached. But yeah, I think that, that's that's still a, f- a fair way away. I think you know now the next test is obviously at Sydney. So yeah, I think I think Australia. I think the toss will be crucial, as I said. I think if India win the toss at Sydney, and they've definitely got they've got a great record with the bat at that venue. Uh, they, that that that's that, that's easily the best venue as far as from a batting point of view in Australia in the 21st century. So if they if they bat first and get runs on the board, then yeah, I think they they will definitely at least retain the Portuguese trophy if not you know win the series. Uh, that's my thinking. So. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Uh, yeah, as I said, toss Sydney could be the deciding factor for the series. Yep, and with that we come to the end of this episode. Uh, two two really really interesting test matches already done in the series. Uh, all I can hope for is that we get more entertainment. Uh, and selfishly, I hope for the I hope that Australia don't find solutions to their problems at the moment, but um i have to thank both dharmik and sanket for joining us on this episode of the by the barrister martins podcast uh you will listen to hari shankar and abhyudeh thagi talk about india in another episode that we will release very soon uh so uh, do keep listening to us on whatever platform you're on uh, do follow us on twitter at barrister_margins and uh, we wish you all a very happy new year thanks for listening yeah, happy new year everyone yeah happy new year for the by the barest of all margins you are kidding me you are kidding me no no way you cannot do that ben stokes carlos brathwaite carlos brathwaite remember the name <laughs>